Lisa Laporte is the CEO of Twit.tv, and after a couple of weeks of talking about how to podcast and what it can do for you and your content and memberships through podcasting, I thought Lisa would be the perfect person to come on and talk about starting a podcast network back when those were not a thing, as well as where podcasting is going in the future. We talk about a lot of stuff this episode where podcasting was and its future. But we also have a great chat about general tech and more. I love talking tech, so uh, I appreciate that Lisa and I got to talk a little bit about like iOS versus Android and stuff like that. There is a lot of great advice here, so sit back and enjoy. This episode is brought to you by Yes Please Coffee. Upgrade your morning with Yes Please. This fantastic coffee subscription will send freshly roasted beans to your door with no fuss. Pick your size and how often you need beans and they'll ship you a unique blend of expertly sourced and roasted coffee beans. I've been drinking Yes Please Coffee for a few weeks now and I have been loving it. Each week I get to try a new blend of flavors that helps me mix up my mornings. And the best part is I don't have to worry about it. I don't have to go to some new roasters website, look at all the flavors, wonder if I'm actually going to like it or not, and then finally order. Every week, Yes Please just sends me coffee and it's new and different and delicious. Each shipment even comes with an info card about the beans and some other information like reading lists and extra stuff that I just enjoy getting in the mail with my coffee. So if you're ready to upgrade your mornings with unique blends of coffee beans, sign up today. Head over to howibuilt.it slash yes and use the code H-I-B-I for $5 off your subscription. And don't worry, if you're going on vacation or you have a little too much some weeks, you can skip shipments or cancel anytime. Again, upgrade your mornings with coffee, great coffee, from Yes Please at howibuilt.it slash yes and use the code H-I-B-I for $5 off. Fantastic, delicious coffee beans shipped right to you. And now, back to the show. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of How I Built It, the podcast that asks, how did you build that today? I am extremely happy to have Lisa Laporte. She is the CEO of twit.tv with us today. Lisa, how are you? I'm fantastic. How are you doing today? I am doing great. Thank you so much for joining uh, us today. We met at Podcast Movement 2019. Yeah. Can, can you believe that was just last year? It's kind of hard to believe no, with everything like, going on in 2020. <laughs> I know. I'm like, I, I was going to say 18, but that was, I think we, I explicitly remember meeting in Orlando. Uh, yes. Yeah. It's, it's crazy how much has happened since then. We, um, fun story for the listeners, we successfully avoided uh, like a fire alarm evacuation because we were getting coffee. <laughs> oh, that's I don't know right. If you remember I remember that. Yeah. that. I was very, it was very exciting to meet you in line at coffee. I think um, doing that again this year would be a little bit more of a challenge. We'll have face masks and probably won't recognize anyone. <laughs> I know, I know. And they, they pushed it back to October. Is that right? I believe they did, but I given the current state of where everything is at, I I have a feeling it's going to be a virtual conference versus uh, an in-person conference. I really don't anticipate having an in-person conference until at least next year. That would be my my estimate. I agree. And especially since uh, just before we started recording this episode, uh, I got an alert that Texas is halting their reopening plans because of yeah i did see in, that in this cases, morning so. uh texas has halted yeah. it i uh in california it's now mandatory to wear face masks when you go out in public and that's where i'm based yeah. however uh i live in a small town but i'm not seeing face masks uh on one side of our town i went for a walk uh last night and literally saw about 300 people in about two face masks and it just was oh, daunting to me to see this many people and we're talking at a little league game and basketball courts and at the park playing. So I have a feeling uh, we might be shut down again. Wow. Yeah. I'm, I'm in Pennsylvania and we've required masks since I think April, like since like there was like maybe a little bit of evidence that maybe they worked. Um, and I am 
happy to say that we're one of a few states that have seen a, a consistent downward trend. So, Oh, um, I really wish our state would yeah. do it. We've been very diligent. We actually started social distancing a few weeks before it was required. I was wearing a mask right away. I mm-hmm. was reading enough in uh, around the world. We were the only nation not really embracing wearing a mask or a couple yeah. nations out of yeah. the entire world. So I started wearing a mask early on before it became you know, a requirement or a guarantee Mm -hmm. that it, not a guarantee, but it'll help. It'll help stop the spread. So congratulations. It's good to hear that you're doing it right. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and, you know, it's, I mean, this is, uh, we're, we're, I promise listeners, we're going to talk about podcasting and content, but this is, this is happening. Yeah. <laughs> this is happening. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And I luckily found a very comfortable mask from a uh, shout out to Jeff Sheldon of Ugmunk. Uh, oh, nice. He is, yeah. So he's, uh, local to where I live and okay. he just makes the most comfortable shirts. And, uh, he worked with his manufacturer to convert those into masks. Super comfortable. So I have no problem wearing a mask. Makes me look cool. Yeah, I have <laughs> um, different types. Yeah. I mean, look, we even have our um, Twit TV masks. We had nice, very nice in our store. But I've ordered awesome. some really fun masks, like with big lips. And I ordered one that yeah. has a smiley face. And when you pop it out, the teeth show. So I'm trying to find <laughs> some, yeah, you know, find some creative ideas so that people will find some humor in wearing a mask. Um, I feel like I, I really don't understand why people are making the masks such a big deal in this nation. I feel everyone should just wear one when you go outside. It's going to protect everyone around you. So please, everybody, wear a mask if you're listening to this podcast. Yes, for sure. I 100% agree with that. Awesome. Well, we are uh, safely remote doing this uh, this interview. So no masks so we can understand each other while we're inside our houses. Yes. Uh, but um, I'm excited to talk to you about podcasting because twit.tv is a long-standing podcast network, right? You, you guys have been around for a while. Yeah, we were established in 2005 and I came along in 2008. So Leo Laporte founded it and um, I came along in 2008 when he was trying to figure out, you know, uh, what he was going to do with his accounting. His CPA said, if you don't get your accounting in order, you're going to be in trouble. And I had my own consulting business at the time. Uh, I was doing CFO work, uh, accounting work. I had three bookkeepers on my staff. So I, I actually started working at Twit TV as a consultant to help set up their business backend. But my background is, um, has been in accounting and CFO and I've always had a hand in running companies. I've always worked with startups. So I was doing that as a consultant for about seven or eight years after I had left a company that I had grown up at and, um, just to started to decide to, you know, get my chops wet, touching other businesses and helping other people grow and do things like that. And I just fell in love with new media. So in 2008, I joined and it was audio only. And there weren't that many, you know, podcast networks out there. There were shows, of course, there was CNET and, you know, Revision 3. I don't know if people remember some of those, but those were, I would say, would be competitors to us. So it was very interesting when I started, the landscape was audio only. And uh, there wasn't that many you know, podcast networks out there. I mean, there were a few, but nothing like there is today. So it's really has blown up since then to today. Yeah, that's really interesting, right? Because I think that uh, people tend to forget that podcasting has been around for nearly 20 years, right? I mean, the, the, the term was coined right around the time the iPod came out, right? That's why it was called a podcast. It, it, I I think that's right. At least that's like the lore that's been taught. But perhaps perhaps you know something well, no, I don't. I, I agree with you. It, it what, what's yeah. what's ir- ironic and and we kind of make fun of it now because it was like we did our best. But Leo really wanted to call us a netcast. We wanted to be above a podcast yes. because we wanted to be something that was better than a podcast and just a little bit more closer to TV, a little smarter things along those lines. So we had netcasts you love from people you trust for a very long time. And finally, I think it was a year ago, I finally went to Leo and said, look, podcasts are hot. (laughs) So we changed our (laughs) logo to, you know, podcasts, you know, podcasts you love from people you trust. And 
And it's just really nice now to be able to talk to people and they understand what a podcast is. Because when I go back to 2008, nobody understood what Twit was. And I'm trying to run business. And I had some people like laugh at me, like, what's Twit? And I'm like, oh, it means this week in tech. So if you were a geek, you knew who we were. Or if you worked in technology, you knew exactly who we were. But a lot of people in the business world didn't. So I started calling our network twit.tv just to let people know, hey, we are really a network. <laughs> and yeah. we're not just, yeah. you know, joking around. But it, but it's a catchy name from the standpoint that people don't forget it and they might chuckle about it. But in the in the long run, it's definitely memorable. Yeah, for sure. And that's really interesting, right? Because I've, I've, I've heard similar things, you know, netcast or uh, webcast was like another term that people tried to make work. And now podcast has basically outlived the hardware that it was named after. Um, <laughs> not that, that iPods are not around, but they're I still not have one though. You were. know, it's really great because it holds a really? lot of music and you can take it when you travel and stuff. So yeah, I'm, well, I mean, I'm like, what are you going to do with this old tech? But it's it's still kind of functional for some stuff. So, you know, I bounce yeah. between that and bringing my phone with me. So just depends. Yeah. I loved the iPod Nano because it was like I would go to the gym and like just clip it somewhere on me. But um, oh, I had one right, of those too. Was, there were those little tiny, the tiny ones. Oh yeah, yeah they were right? so great. Yeah. They, they didn't yeah. stick around too long though. They were here for a couple of years, I think, and then no, they disappeared. I guess people liked the screen. I guess I, I I I like I just loaded like a single playlist, my gym playlist on it, and it like worked. But. Yeah. Oh, now I've got this. So now I've got oh, the Apple you Watch. So. You know, I've been yeah. really struggling. I had an Apple Watch when they first came out. I just think they're ugly and I don't like them and I'm a girl. So, um, and to <laughs> me, I feel like I have enough tech on my, on my person. I have a phone. I, I don't mm. know if I want to be that accessible. So I wore it for about a year. I didn't really like how it looked. And then I realized I never had a break from work. So I kind of abandoned it, but I don't know with everything going on now, I might start wearing one again. This episode is brought to you by iThemes. Did you know that 60% of website breaches occur because a vulnerability could have been patched but wasn't? That means having software with known vulnerabilities installed on your site gives hackers the blueprint they need to take over your site. Every day, it gets harder and harder to keep track of every disclosed WordPress vulnerability. You have to compare that list to your plugins and themes by version, and make sure you're constantly updating. To solve this problem, the iThemes Security Pro plugin created a better way to protect your sites against software vulnerabilities, the number one culprit of WordPress sites. The new improved WordPress security site scan, powered by iThemes, performs automatic checks for known website vulnerabilities and automatically applies available fixes so you don't have to. Whew, that's some peace of mind. And I could speak personally to this because as somebody who has repaired hacked websites, I know that it could be costly and dangerous to lose information, especially when it's personally identifiable. So iTheme Security Pro also includes a ton of other features to help you keep the bad guys out. Brute force protection, two-factor authentication, passwordless logins, and compromised password protection. Plus a whole lot more to keep you safe. If you want to start securing your sites today, head over to howibuilt.it slash iThemes to get the best WordPress security plugin to secure and protect WordPress. iThemes is giving How I Built It listeners a 20% discount by using the code HowIBuiltIt at checkout. Again, that's HowIBuilt.it slash iThemes. That's HowIBuilt.it slash I-T-H-E-M-E-S. And use the code HowIBuiltIt at checkout for 20% off. And now, back to the show. I aggressively manage th the things that make it to my wrist. Like, it's... Very little makes it there. And I really like the, um, I mean, I, I like having the info and, um, you know, I've got like big wrists. So uh, the, the, the version five is great. The series five with always on screen and, and things like that. So Are you and the finding activity. the battery life's a lot better with this current version? At least Leo was saying it was. I, I, I was going to wait to see what they come out with in fall and, you know, maybe try it again. Yeah, so the Series 5 was an Insta-buy for me because that was like, I had the Series 3 
And then they like redesigned it and, I, and it looked nicer, but I was like, I just bought the three. Uh, and then when they went to the always on screen, I was like, this actually makes it like a real watch, right? So yeah. the battery life was terrible when it came out. I would have to basically charge it in the middle of the day, especially if I went to the gym. That's exactly um, why I walked away from it. Yeah. Because it would die at yeah. four o'clock on my wrist. Right. Yeah. Uh, but now it's, you know, I've had it on. It is, uh, I've had it on since six and it's um one fifteen here and it's at 80%. So uh, I've been like pretty inactive today. I'm going to play the drums later to close that activity ring. But um yeah, I think the battery life has been a lot better. So we'll see what they come out with in the fall, though, because I'm sure they'll have better hardware, especially since they just introduced sleep tracking in, in watchOS 7. Oh, yeah. I was very excited with this WWDC. We covered it. And I'm just like, oh, we're going to get widgets, finally. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I'm looking have, forward to that. <laughs> yeah, it's like, how I long has Google had widgets. all that stuff? I mean, Android. <laughs> yep. Yep. But yeah, I was like Android army uh, until about five years ago or something like that. Oh, wow. So why'd you switch? Yeah. Uh, Well, I switched because there were two big reasons. um, And this is like my claim to to fame with this. Phil Schiller like tweeted my blog post about how I switched. He didn't even retweet. He just said, Joe switched. I know. It was like, (laughs) I killed it in affiliate uh, revenue that day. (laughs) That's awesome. Congratulations. uh, Thank you. Why did you switch? Um, So I switched because I was using the iPad as my tablet. That was because, I mean, what else, right? Right. Um, And then I was like, Mac, I was basically Apple ecosystem, everything else. And I tried to find like hacky ways to send texts from my Android phone, like using like push bullet or that other one. Um, and, but it, what it really came down to for me was camera and battery life were the two most important things. And iPhone was better at both of those things. Um, yeah, I agree with you. At on least that. I'm like, I yeah. still like the camera. So. I like I, I I wasn't an Apple person at all. I actually okay, your your audience is really going to give me a hard time for this, but I'm business. <laughs> so I had a BlackBerry Storm, and people were like, "Oh my gosh, why would you have a BlackBerry Storm?" And I went, "Well, the battery life lasted ten hours. I needed it for phone." And for work. And that was really the extent of it. And when we were building the Twit Brick House, which was our second location, we're now in our third, mm. I was walking down to take a look at it and I had dropped my storm. And for the first time ever, it landed on its face and shattered. And Leo's like, you need to go to an iPhone. So I did, but it was tinny. The battery life, do you remember Mophie cases? <laughs> the yep, battery yep, life yep. was not very good. And so now now I love my iPhone, but it took me a while to to transfer over. But yeah, I was made fun of for a long time, but it was functional. And to me, I'm um I'm business, so I'm looking for tools that make my life easier versus uh I want to play with things, but I'm really excited about the the widgets now that they're going to be offering that. Yeah, likewise. And and like and similarly, uh, I've just found that the the app ecosystem in Apple is maybe it's improved on Android since I left, but I found like a higher quality of app. I feel probably because there's a higher barrier of entry, right? You got to pay ninety nine bucks just to develop an Apple app, and you don't have to do that with Android. So that's correct. But, um, well, you know, but Android, yeah. I feel like cuts the you know they they lay the groundwork for what Apple ends up picking from to decide to make it better with more privacy attached to it. So. Um, I like the privacy features that Apple offers too versus mm-hmm. Android. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and and no shame on the BlackBerry Storm. That was the full screen one. Like it had the, did it have the face that like pushed in like the haptics touch screen? Yeah, it was did that, have that a little one? bit of a push in. Yeah. I, I'm telling you, I, I received so much crap for oh. having that. <laughs> but well, it, like, I had that too and I loved oh, it. Oh, <laughs> see, you had one too. But you know yeah. what? But seriously, the eight-hour battery life was it for me. Because, you know, I was yeah. a consultant at the time, so I was constantly traveling to different locations and going to clients, you know, businesses, etc. So I really needed something all day. I didn't really have the opportunity to stop and charge somewhere. Um, because mm-hmm. when I switched to an iPhone, it was like four hours tops and barely using it. You know, wow. it just didn't, the battery wow. life back then was nothing you know, use yeah. it for email and phone calls and, you know, in three or four hours it was dead. So, cause remember how Jeez. tiny they were too? Yeah. They, yeah. Right. That's like, my mom just got rid of her iPhone SE. Oh, uh, wow. Like yeah. <laughs> um, like when the new one came out, I'm like, you need to replace your phone, get this one. It'll be good. Like, so. Um, <laughs> yeah. I buy my parents but, tech too. I kind of stopped yeah. letting them 
make decisions on that because they would call me to be yep. their help desk. So you got to kind of, you know, pick out the right gear for them. Well, I really enjoyed this part of the conversation. For those listening, if you th- that was like a preview of what they talk about over on twit.tv. So uh, if you're interested in, in more of that talk. This episode is brought to you by ExpressVPN. Let me tell you about the time that I was searching for a birthday gift for my wife. We have a shared computer. I did the search. I used incognito mode, but it was nearly spoiled because ads were showing up on various services we used, even though I used incognito mode. So if you are thinking, just use incognito mode to keep your search history private, let me tell you something. Incognito mode does not hide your activity. It doesn't matter what mode you use. Your internet service provider can still see every single website you've ever visited. That's why even when I'm at home, I use ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN is an app that reroutes your internet connection through secure servers so your ISP can't see the sites you visit or sell your data. It also keeps your information secure by encrypting 100% of it with the most powerful encryption available. And most of the time, I don't even realize I have ExpressVPN on. It's running seamlessly in the background. I can use it to test my websites in various locations and a lot more. All you have to do is tap one button and you're protected. ExpressVPN is available on all of your devices too. Phones, computers, and even your smart TV. So there's no excuse for you not to be using it. I have used it to watch games that were supposed to be blacked out in my area, but there was no way for me to watch it on TV or streaming. It was great. Protect your online activity today with the VPN rated number one by CNET and Wired. Visit my exclusive link, expressvpn.com slash how I built it, and you can get an extra three months free on a one-year package. That's expressvpn.com slash how I built it. Visit expressvpn.com slash how I built it to learn more. And now back to the show. Let's circle back now to podcasting. Sure. Um, because... 2005, again, was a long, like, it was like um, people didn't know what podcasting was. I feel like lore and serial, like, kind of brought it into the public conscience, consciousness, right? Correct. I've been listening to, uh, to Stuff You Should Know since, like, 2009, I think. But um, most people didn't know what it was. So, like, what, you, you mentioned it a little bit, but what did podcasting look like in 2005, 2008? Um, well, I had, as far I, as like topics stepped, and stuff go. Yeah, I had stepped in the into Twit TV in 2008, so my background's not in media. Um, I'm I'm all business, and when I started helping out Twit as a consultant, I was like, "What's a podcast?" I had to even learn what things were at that particular time because I didn't really know, and I just started to look around, and there was like, and I'm thinking of the tech podcasting sphere because that's what we're involved in. So there was like CNET and Revision Three, and a few things how stuff works. I mean, there was, there's quite a, a few names out there, but the reality, it was audio only. It wasn't, um, it wasn't that popular, that big. And we were one of the first podcast networks to actually start adding video. We were like, Hey, you know, let's start adding video. Um, we thought, we thought it would be a good idea for people to have a visual because Leo would turn on a little webcam when he would do his podcast and people were like, Oh my gosh, we love seeing you. We love that mm. additional element. So we were one of the first networks to start converting all of our um, podcasts to be audio and video. And just so everybody understands, uh, don't do that unless you have a lot of money because it's super, (laughs) super, super expensive to add video. It's less expensive now. But when you're looking at our network, you know, we we do 20 shows, we have a studio and, you know, we have all these cameras everywhere. So adding video to a podcast network actually makes it a lot more expensive, but it's, it also adds an element to, to bring your audience closer to you because they get to see you and not just hear you. So, so we started adding video and, and gosh, you know, I agree with you. I believe it was when Serial and everything came out, podcasting started to explode and then everybody started to jump into podcasting. You now see giant networks in podcasting. You have the Spotify's that have popped up, Stitcher, um, SoundCloud. I mean, there's so many ways now to consume podcasting that it's nothing compared to where it was in 2008. And, um, you know, it's going to be really 
interesting to see what happens because right now we're in the middle of a pandemic and other things are going on and people are trying to figure out, you know, what to do in it. But I really think podcasting has opened the doors for a lot of people just to get their voice out there if they want to do something for fun. But it also allows companies to to provide content to um, to people who are interested in what they're up to as well. So I. You know, when it started, and I'll be honest with you, I, you know, having to do the business part of things, nobody knew what a podcast was. I even stepped into our sales nine years ago because I didn't like how our advertising sales were being done. We only had an outside agency doing our sales. And as far as I was concerned, they weren't, um, paying attention to our audience. So if anyone is out there that is doing a podcast and they want to be ad supported, that's what we are. We're an ad supported network. I highly recommend that you always just super serve your audience and you just don't sign advertising contracts because there's money attached to it. We're really careful in that we only want to sign people that our audience can benefit from. So um, so that's other things that people have to decide when they're starting a, you know, a podcast. Uh, is it a hobby or do you want to make it a career? And there's lots of ways, you know, you can do it. And we chose to be ad supported early on because what we wanted to do is we wanted to be uh, free for anyone and everyone who could download us. And we felt that was the best way to do it. So if you had an internet connection, we went so far as we, when we started to add video, we had a low def, a high def and a standard def on video. Uh So people that had bandwidth caps elsewhere that really wanted to see us could download us in the low deaf video range, which would be like in Australia and things like that, where there were, there were band ca- bandwidth caps everywhere. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's really evolved since 2005. I look at the landscape today and I'm like, it's only been 15 years. And I really think it's going to keep evolving faster and faster and faster. I think there's so many, the tech has evolved. Everything's evolved. Anyone can do a podcast. You just get a microphone. You could do it on YouTube. There's so many free tools out there that, it's so much easier today than when it was, you know, back in 2008. Yeah, for sure. And uh, you're right. You know, it's grown significantly, but it's still, um, you know, there's like 31 million YouTube channels and there's like less than a million active podcasts, right? That's uh, a a stat I've memorized because it's in all of my marketing copy for, uh, and here's another canary in the coal mine, I think, right? Is that I finally launched my podcast course um, which like I, I like version one was like just the website and now it's like all of podcasting but uh, also like Pat Flynn is really pushing his and Seth Godin just launched one and I'm like all of these big name people are are trying to teach people how to podcast now right so to be clear I meant Pat and Seth are the big name people and I'm just me oh yeah <laughs> but, no, uh, no, but you know I yeah. think everyone should pay attention to people that they really like to hear from I mean I think that's what podcasting is all about right you're listening to people that you trust that they're experts in something they have something to bring to the table that you're really going to be passionate about and I believe you can get tools from lots of people so yeah people that have mastered podcasting you know um, even even my 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 business partner and my husband Leo Laporte it you, doesn't mean that you're not going to learn a tool from somebody else so i mm-hmm. i consume a lot of podcasts for my own professional development and moving forward. And I, I don't listen to any one thing for my main source for how to get somewhere. So I I just, I love all the different podcasts that have cropped up. I have things for pleasure, things for business tools, things to learn something new, and just to stay informed with what's going on in the world today. Because uh, sometimes, you know, I don't want to turn on the TV and watch the news. It's like, ugh, I'd rather hear it from mm-hmm. somebody else that brings a different perspective, maybe a little fresh perspective to to the table. So yeah, I think um, the variety out there has really exploded. And I still feel like it's the Wild West. I don't think podcasting has like any, you know, t- particular formats. I mean, I've discovered this in just trying to sell our network where people are like, how do you do things? And how are you doing your ad sales? And, and that's still pretty much um, however anyone wants to do it. So I, I know that people like the IAB are stepping in and trying to get things more streamlined like Nielsen ratings did with TV and and things like that. But um, yeah, it's still pretty interesting in the Wild West. And it's funny because you're like, yeah, podcasts are still lower than YouTube. And I'm like, well, kind of YouTube's both. I mean, we're on YouTube too. 
It's yeah, one of our yeah, places right. we post, but we're also, we are a launch partner with Spotify. So we're pretty much anywhere and everywhere. You can download us. We're on Pocket Cast, iTunes, Google Play. I mean, we're every, YouTube. Uh, if there's a place that you guys listen to your podcast and we're not on it, just email me at lisa at twit.tv and we'll make sure we get our feeds on their platform. And so, the, yeah, so I agree with you. It's it's insane where podcasting has gone. It's just, it's really just exploded. When we were at the podcast movement, there was a stat that said there's 2,000 podcasts being developed and launched every week. So 2,000 brand new podcasts are being launched every week. Here's the kicker though. Only about 2% make it to 10 episodes. That was the other fact that they had brought to the table when we were there. And I thought that was very interesting, but I agree with that because I think some people think, oh, I'm going to do a podcast and I'm going to become a star and I'm going to be huge Mm -hmm. and I'm going to do three episodes and there I go. And then when you really get into podcasting, folks, just so you all know, it's a grind. (laughs) I mean, it's not like a bad grind, but make sure it's something you really love to do because you're going to have to do it a lot and really just develop an audience. I think that's the most important thing. Um, You know, Having been the CEO at Twitch TV now for 12 years, I get asked a lot from people that want to launch a podcast, like, what do I do? And I go, number one, be passionate about what you want to talk about it and be an expert in what you're bringing and grow your audience. Because I've had people reach out and go, hey, I want to get ads. I want to do this. It's like, don't start your podcast to make money. Start your podcast because you have a passion, you have something you want to say, you're an expert, you you really have something to give out to the world, grow an audience. And then after you grow an audience, if you decide to make it a business or you want to earn money on it, then you can consider adding something to that to, to you know, continue moving forward. Yeah, I again, I agree wholeheartedly. Um, I think that uh, this is the exact thing that I like to tell people as well. It's a grind. It's tough. Pod fade, right, is a real thing. Um, and so, you know, be be ready to put in the work. Um, and, and that said, um, you know, as we uh, as we kind of move into um, businesses and and people figuring out if they should podcast, uh, how should businesses be adapting their content in, in 2020? Is do you think that pod like podcasting do you think podcasting is something every business should do to uh, help reach new audiences? You know, that's an excellent question. We talk with a lot of companies that have been launching their own podcasts um, because I oversee our advertising sales at Twit TV. We we have had companies like Red Hat reached out. They did a whole podcast series. Uh, Microsoft has reached out. They also did a podcast series, which is like how to use their products. So I think... Mm-hmm. First of all, business should really take a look at why they want to do a podcast. Do they feel they need to do a podcast? Are they trying to to grab more customers or are they trying to educate their customers on their new things that are coming out? So that's what Microsoft was doing. They were educating on people on how to use like Azura Labs. Like if you want to use tools, here's the new tool we have and this is what, you know, why we're using it. Red Hat was interesting. They did a podcast series on the birth of tech and big names in tech and what people did. And it was wasn't related to their business. They just wanted to do it to give back to their community and let them know that, hey, Red Hat does more than just, well, they do a lot, but they do more than just their their business. So so it was really interesting. Their series was all about uh, founders in tech and where tech was going. And it wasn't related to what Red Hat was, but people did like that. Like, oh, Red Hat did this amazing podcast. We should really look at their services when we need to consider something. So I think before, you know, I've had a lot of businesses reach out and like, hey, we want to do a podcast. And I'm like, on what? And they're like, we don't know, but we know they're hot. And so when <laughs> I've gotten a few of those calls, I started, you know, because people think that we're a journalistic entity. We're not a... uh we're not a podcast house where you can come and, and we open our studios and you can rent our studios or mm-hmm. we make podcasts for for companies. We don't do sponsored content. So we do get those questions though. And, and I think every business before they should just run off and launch a podcast should look at the reason why they're doing a podcast. Do you want this to inform your existing clients? Do you want it to be just a hobbyist for right now? Because like if you take a look, Cloudflare just launched Cloudflare TV and they're letting all of their employees do something on Cloudflare TV. And and it's kind of just like, you know, they just slapped it together and they're doing stuff out there. And I think they're doing it. Well, 
I don't want to speculate, but I think they're partially doing it to give their employees something to do. Because right now everybody's work from home, stay mm, in place yeah. and everyone's really getting itchy. And I think it's a really great way for them to go, hey, you guys want to talk a little bit about what you're doing? Maybe it'll help like bring a community together, um, uh, things like that. I also have other networks that are opening up like, you know, game night. They're like, hey, if it, you know, cause they're, they're a tech network and they're like, hey, we, we cater to people work from home and, and not seeing people. So they're opening up game night for IT professionals and geeks to, to, to see people that are used to being out in the real world. So I think businesses could very much strategically do podcasting as ways to enhance their business, grab new customers, teach people about their products and services that they have, or just to like do something fun to get your name out there. And maybe people will remember you for a branding play. But if you're going to do a podcast, just make sure you have a plan. You've talked about it and you really aren't just reaching out to people saying, Hey, let's just do a podcast, but really putting some you know thought behind it. And um, I think that businesses could really leverage these, like I said, for growth or brand play, or just really to go, their customer service is tired of explaining something. So you could easily do podcasts just as little help, tri- you yeah. know, t- tips and tricks. And I, I, I think it's going to continue to keep growing, you know, in the future. Yeah, that's, that's great. So as you, you know, if you're a business owner listening and you're wondering if you should start a podcast, Lisa just gave a lot of really good ideas for content. Just make sure again, and, and like, like you said, Lisa, that it works for, you and your business and you're doing it for the right reasons because people will be able to tell pretty quickly uh, if you're like not into it. So if you're just doing it for the money. I always recommend to people like prep when you're going to do a podcast. Like if you're going to be an expert, just make sure you know what you want to talk about and have like a little bit of a format, but always be flexible and be willing to change Mm -hmm. and, you know, um, to be able to pivot within within something. But don't just like turn on the mic and go, oh, hey, I'm here and I don't know why I'm here. (laughs) So have somewhat of a plan, you know. Today's episode is brought to you by Smile and their product, Text Expander. Save time typing and boost your productivity with Text Expander. You know I'm all about automation, and Text Expander is a great way to get started with automation. It allows you to create your own snippets for repetitive text you tend to use everywhere. Add the text, create a snippet, and boom, save precious time and keystrokes. One of my favorite snippets is for my address. So instead of typing out my full address and risking typos, I simply type dollar sign A-D-D-R and Text Expander does the rest, filling in my full address for me. I also have snippets for my street, my city, and my zip code. But that's not all Text Expander does. With its advanced snippets, you can create fill-ins, pop-up fields, and more. You can even use JavaScript or AppleScript. Another one of my favorite and most used snippets is when I type PPT. That will take whatever text I have on my clipboard and convert it to plain text. So I'm no longer fighting formatting when I copy from a Word document, a Google Doc, or a plain HTML page, like a website. I also use it for common links, email messages, which I can completely customize with fill-ins and drop-down menus, and even date calculations. I'm currently writing a book, and Text Expander has been instrumental with that. Text Expander is available on macOS, Windows, Chrome, iPhone, and iPad, so pretty much anywhere you do computing. If you've been curious about trying Text Expander or automation in general, now's the time. As a listener, you can get 20% off your first year. Just visit textexpander.com podcast and let them know how I built it sent you. That's textexpander.com slash podcast for 20% off your first year. And now, back to the show. Uh, As we approach the end of this interview, man, we covered a lot of ground from like masks to tech to podcasting now. Um, But I want to get a little bit uh, speculative here. Um, Sure. And ask where you think podcasting is moving in the next 10 years. And it's there's been a lot of news, right? Uh, the Joe Rogan, Spotify news, obviously. Uh, Luminary lo- launched last year to like 
it's going about as well as Quibi's going, I would say. Um, (laughs) Well, it's kind uh, of a challenging time. I think a lot of people have launched things last year and then we are in a pandemic, folks. Um, You know, it's interesting. I read the Joe Rogan, I read the Joe Rogan news and a lot of people that have been in podcasting for as long as we have were, were upset. Oh, you're selling mm-hmm. out. You know, this is going to hurt podcasting later. And my attitude is good for you, Joe. I, I think you're a big name. Uh, I remember when Howard Stern went to Sirius and he went behind yeah. a paywall too. I feel like this is a similar play. I think Spotify is going to try to, as we know, they're buying everything. Um, they're really coming mm-hmm. out of the woodwork. They really want to take on the giant out there, which is iHeartMedia, I feel on on podcast radio and everything. But I feel that people are going to try things in the next 10 years. I think you're going to see paywalls go up. Spotify is going to definitely put Joe behind a paywall at some point once they get big enough to allow that to happen. My concern with going behind a paywall and, and Luminary switching to subscription services, I get it. They're, they're trying to pivot to survive we thought about adding a subscription service to ours. Maybe we we stopped doing ads and we just go behind a paywall. And the more we talked about it, we just didn't feel that that's what we wanted to do. We want our content to be free to anyone and everyone who can download us or, or watch us or catch a stream somewhere. So going behind a paywall will prohibit people from doing that. So we we don't really like that model. And I think you'll see more things like that crop up. I'm 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 not really sure I think subscription models are going to work in podcasting because if you think about it people are so used to them being free and and I'm not saying mm-hmm. that can't change over the next 10 years I think people are going to sample going behind paywalls as networks I think people are going to um I, I also feel like we might have a play this is kind of one of the ideas I think might happen is that as people are gobbling up all these independent podcasts I have a feeling that it's going to end up being like a bunch of giant networks like you're going to have ABC NBC it's going to be Spotify and iHeart and that everyone's going to be attached to something large. And then I think it's going to break out and fragment later. That I, mm-hmm. I, I have a feeling that's going to happen because you saw that in radio and you saw that in TV. You saw these little independent networks and they all joined big networks, but then things are breaking out. Now you have Disney Plus, you have HBO, you have Showtime, you have a zillion different ways to consume content on TV. Whereas I think podcasting might try to do that where all these big players may try to pull everyone in. And then I have a feeling we're going to fragment back out again, because I don't think that's going to work because we all look, we're Americans. We like to do our own thing. We want to have control of our own destinies. I know that's part of the reality of at least the nation I live in. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. I I have a feeling that people are going to try stuff and they're going to break things and it's going to continue to pivot and move. And to be honest with you, Joe, I feel like podcasting was moving slow when I first entered this space. Like it took a while to get going. It took a while to get going and then serial hit and it just blew up. So I have a feeling we're going to see the growth moving at exponential growth over the next, you know, four to five years, especially now. Think about it. We're in a pandemic. Hollywood shut down. You can't be in the script writing room, et cetera. So what are they going to start doing? They're pivoting to podcasting. I work with, you know, I shouldn't say I work. I have a lot of friends in other networks and we talk all the time. And they're starting, you know, they're getting all the screenwriters because Hollywood shut down. So I have a feeling mm-hmm. you're going to see more creative podcasts coming out along those lines. I still think you're going to see series that want to sell to TV, like to Netflix, you know, People are doing those things too. Um, but I, I just really think it's going to, people are going to test, try. I think we're going to pull together and have some huge networks. And then then we're going to fragment back out and there will always be those small ones. Um, but I'm excited because I really feel like it's changed and I can now call somebody and go, hey, so I have a podcast network. And they go, oh, I know who you are. <laughs> Instead of what's a podcast, uh, Joe, because Joe, for t- the first, I'd say the first eight or nine years at Twit, I had to explain to everyone I talked to what a podcast was. And I just yep. feel like now that people, it's it's a household name, right? And and yeah, so I'm curious, where do you, where do you think is. it's going to go? Do you, do you think some of what I say is in line to what you're thinking? I'm just curious. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. You know, it's, I mean, we, I think that, Going to the subscription only model is, uh, I agree with you, it's not going to work, right? I think we we are seeing this right now with news websites, right? That are trying to paywall their content. Right. Um, and, and understandably, they need to make money. But if you're reporting the news, uh, then 
if you're really serving the public and you want people to access the news, you can't really paywall it. Um, I think that subscription models could work as an add-on sort of thing. Like I think Relay FM is is waiting their way through that and figuring out like all of our content will be free. And if you're a member, you get like the pre and post show um, or or whatever and, and added bonuses. But keeping the core content free, I think is, is tantamount to making podcasts work. Um, I like that Spotify is so in the game because it means more people will listen. Um, because like, right, the problem with podcasting is, uh, oh yeah, check out my podcast. Oh, how do I do that? Well, it, do you have an iPhone? There's that purple icon. Oh yeah, I put that in some folder somewhere. Um, if you're Android, like finally there is a Google podcast app, but like otherwise you would tell them like download Pocket Casts. Um, so getting it front and center for more people, I think is ultimately a good thing. Um, we'll, we'll see if, if they really do start to like gobble up and paywall um, especially previously free content. I loved Crime Town, and uh, yeah. uh, I, I I'm like I'm not gonna listen to this if it's only gonna be on Spotify. So I like I think I waited like six months and they put it out in the normal feed. But I was like pretty bummed about that because I think it went against what podcasting can. Right? It's like saying like you can't you can't access certain parts of the internet because I bought it up right, which is. Whole other yeah, things, that's our, that was our biggest problem is that someone goes, hey, could you do an exclusive um, on TuneIn or Spotify? Would you do exclusive content? And I'm like, we're everywhere. We are literally yeah. everywhere you can consume a podcast. And I just, I, I, I kind of worry about that. But you know what, Joe? I, I feel like people forget. So I think in about two or three years, people may forget. Like if they never knew what a podcast was and they just started out, they're going to be like, oh, that's normal. You can go behind a paywall. So it's right. just us, not dinosaurs, but us folks who have been here since the beginning that are going to be, you know, a little like, oh, they're doing that. And that's not really true to podcasting. But I'm, I've always been somebody who's evolved. I've evolved in all my careers. I, I, I'm a serial entrepreneur. I like to grow things. I like to move. So I don't have a problem with people trying things. And I think people that have been around in the podcasting community from the start are really, really, they don't like my attitude of, well, that's what they're going to try. Let's see how it goes. So I like to sit right. back and watch. And I thought of, you know, I, I know Mike really well on Relay FM. I used to work with him once in a while and, and we have several of our hosts on on their network too. And we've talked about that too. Maybe we add a little something extra to a TV, like, hey, a subscription club, you'll get a little extra content, you get a shirt, you get a mug. Mm -hmm. We might do something like that for fun as well. But I really just can't put us behind a paywall or, you know, or do that. I mean, to be honest, I, I might consider it if advertising completely died because we'd still want right, to do this. Right. So we might maybe go to a donation model or some kind of club thing that's fun, uh, something along those lines. But I don't want to do that until you know we've exhausted everything with advertising. But something I do want to tell your audience, if you do decide to do a podcast and you decide to add advertising later, just don't overwhelm your audience with a zillion ads. Always pay attention to your audience. Don't, you know, it's like I have a tech network. I mean, for instance, a shoe company reached out, Women's Shoes. And they're like, hey, you want to advertise? in your network. We have a lot of money to spend. And I went, women's shoes. I'm 95% male. No, 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 no. Go somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> and they were really upset that I turned them down, but I went, it's not going to work for you. And my audience isn't going to want to hear about women's high heels. So, so that's just a, something to recommend to people. And, um, another thing you could do too is, is, tr you know, we sell on a CPM basis or CPA basis. There's a lot of different things you can do in your advertising sales. And if you're new and you've started out and you've built a pretty decent audience, you could just do a flat rate, maybe partner with somebody you really like, and you really love their services and products and it works for your your fans. You can always just do something like that and and have it, you know, um it start somewhere, you know, is is my motto. Mm -hmm. But that's just my biggest thing. It's like do something you love, you're passionate about, you're an expert in and just don't overwhelm your audience with a zillion ads because they won't like it. And and there's a lot of ways to do stuff like that now too with DI and I'm not a fan of DI. Um but we're looking at that as well. And, you know, we like our host red ads because we want to make sure we really deliver a good introduction to our audience. And I think, I think it's just important to pick out what you want to do if that's something you want to consider. Yeah, that's great. I, so I always ask uh, for a trade secret and I think you just gave us one, right? Ah, I gave you my to your audience. Yeah, yeah, because it's, it's so important. Um, I've turned away advertisers too, because I want to do right by my audience. They trust me 
to recommend things that they will like. So I always say, I need to try your product before I advertise you on my show, at least. I, I at least need to try it. Um, Here's another tip so for yeah. that trade secret. We we yeah. actually vet anybody that comes in the door that wants to advertise with us. So I have a continuity team and I'll send over and say, hey, I want a one sheet. We call it a one sheet. So what we do is we pull up on the one sheet, it will include the company, the founders, rounds of funding, what their services are. But the most important thing is trusted reviews from places we trust to consider. So I need to have five or six reviews and I will take a look at the reviews, look at the products, look at the services. If they're not high integrity, we walk away. So the best, my other, my biggest trade secret, and this is actually not a trade secret, but the best secret I can give you is always, always, always operate with integrity. Integrity has to be the foundation in anything you do in the business world. So that has always been my motto because people are like, what's your secret? And I go, have integrity. Because if you don't have integrity, you don't have anything. And I, I, I just, I've learned to lead with that. And you just, you know, do what you say you're going to do and always operate with the highest integrity you can. So there's my trade secret and my, my tip to being a good, good, a good corporate citizen in the world. <laughs> Awesome. I love that. And we are we are at time here. So I want to thank you for your time, Lisa. Where can people find you? Oh, people can find me. I'm Lisa at twit.tv. Um, you can email me if you want to find me there. Otherwise, you know, I have a lot of blogs. I do lisalaport.ceo is my, my business blog. But, you know, check me out. You can find me on Facebook and LinkedIn. I've avoided Twitter. I'm not a real big fan of Twitter <laughs> these days. Um, it's kind of a cesspool, but uh, you can find me on LinkedIn as well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, reach out, follow me. Uh, I'm happy to connect with anyone if they're looking you know, for, for honestly, for anything about tech, you know, if you, if you're interested in advertising with us, you can reach out to me too. Or if you're just like, Hey, you know, I'm curious as to what you guys do. I'm open. I give back to the community. Um, often I mentor some women in business and, you know, I'm, I'm always available because my attitude is, you know, this is the best way we're going to succeed as, as a world. So reach out anytime. I'm happy to help anyone out with questions or ideas. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I will include all of that and everything we talked about in the show notes over at howibuilt.it. Lisa, thanks so much for joining me today. Oh, thank you, Joe, for having me. It was fantastic. Have a great day. Thanks so much to Lisa for joining us this week, for taking the time to talk all about tech and her history and starting a podcast network and lots of great advice as to why you should start a podcast. Don't just do it for money. That is something that lots of people keep saying. So uh, I, I can't agree more with that statement. Thanks to our sponsors. We had a full deck this week with Yes Please Coffee, iTheme Security Pro, Text Expander, and ExpressVPN. Definitely say hi to those folks and thank them for supporting the show. For links to them and everything that we talked about to learn more about Lisa and all of the great resources, head over to howibuilt.it slash 182. And if you want to get fantastic tips sent right to your inbox, why don't you go ahead and join the Build Something email newsletter that's over at howibuilt.it slash subscribe. Thanks so much for listening. And until next time, get out there and build something.